welcome to Sparkling Nonsense, a space for 90s odds and nostalgia, pop culture, growing up gifted, and cake. I'm Claire. And I'm Michael. And today we are here to talk about the white hot Abercrombie and Fitch documentary on Netflix and therefore Abercrombie and Fitch and what that was in the 90s and early 2000s. A lot of sparkling and a lot of nonsense. That's that's what that was. Most assuredly. So that will be our main topic for the week. I just want to go ahead and get in a quick thank you for all of the people that listened to our first episode last week. It was an adventure. It was wild to have our own podcast. Um, I'm not going to say the word vibe 17 times this week. Every time Claire says vibes or I say vibes, we throw something at each other. Because every time I heard it come out of my mouth while listening to the recording, I was like, I'm going to throw up. I'll spray you with some Hollister perfume. That'll work. That's That's a version. Yeah. So um, if you've never been to Abercrombie or Hollister, or if you have ever been to Abercrombie or Hollister, you know what that means because the smell is permeating. Everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. So... That said, we can go ahead and just jump right in. Um, Abercrombie and Fitch, the store, the phenomenon, um, still exists today. There is a documentary that was released in the last couple months on yeah. Netflix, White Hot, which is actually the name of the Abercrombie Cologne, um, and also has a larger symbolic meaning. Which we'll get to in a moment. Yikes. Um, but... Let's talk about the origins of Abercrombie. It opened in 1892. And it was originally a department store for the rustic older gentleman. Yes, the sporty outdoorsman, if you Mm -hmm. will. The hound hunter. Think the Sherlock Holmes cap and the duck boots. So kind of like Eddie Bauer before Eddie Bauer. Yeah, I said like think big L.L. Bean vibes. And there were some like notable figures that it catered to. Yeah, Ernest Hemingway, the author, and uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Yep, so it's been around a hot minute. Mm -hmm. The Abercrombie we know and loathe. Maybe yeah. love, but love, love. today mm-hmm. is uh, was more established in the like 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. especially under um, the most Mike Jeffries, Mike was Jeffries the CEO leadership yeah. and his whole vibe. And he turned Abercrombie into an exclusive club that everyone wanted to wear and be yeah. part of. Keyword on exclusive. Um, Abercrombie in the, especially 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. was for the cool kids. They say that a lot in the documentary. Yep. It was made for the cool kids. And that's why everyone wanted it. Because, yeah. you know, when you're that age, middle high school, for me, it started in elementary school. Elementary school? Elementary you were school. El- you were Abercrombie so, in elementary school. So I went to an elementary school where most of the people around me <laughs> had money. Mm-hmm. And I was supremely middle class and especially mm-hmm. in comparison mm-hmm. and um if i wanted to fit in i had to wear the clothes and that was just like part of mean girl culture mm-hmm. and um i think i only ever bought maybe one or two shirts with like my own saved up allowance yeah, save but i had a time. wonderful <laughs> lifelong friend that gave me all her hand-me-downs oh, until i nice. got taller than her and she was like a total fashionista and she had a great style and i had tons of abercrombie thanks to her so i was able to fit in <laughs> so in your notes you mentioned that like 
the elitism of yep. the genes. So this which is, I have no idea if that was no. wild. So I have always been, I think because I grew up around people who cared about that stuff and then I worked in like outdoor retail, so I'm a total Patagonia snob yeah. and like all that stuff, but mm-hmm. now I have to buy with my own money. So it's a little different, but so we were very cognizant of what everyone around us was wearing and you can tell who buys name brand stuff by the little symbols mm-hmm. on the clothes. So like Abercrombie had the moose and <laughs> as their symbol and like American Eagle, obviously had an eagle. eagle. And if they didn't, my God, what are we doing? Hollister had the, the seabird. Mm-hmm. Um, Aeropostale just had a 87 yeah. and like Tommy Hilfinger was the flag. But interestingly, did you know that like on, I don't know if it's always on men's jean and actually most men's jeans had different stitching, but women's jeans, you could tell the brand by the stitching on the back pocket. Weird. Yeah. So, and then like, you know, you would start to notice too, like, quote unquote off brands from like Kohl's or Ross would have similar, but not the same. So I'm assuming it must be trademarked. So Abercrombie had this like convex looking graph that one, I think in like BC calculus one year in high school, I was like, that looks like the Abercrombie pants. And people were like, this is a weird crossover. I don't understand why you're doing both of these things. Um, It was this like convex intersecting lines. And then American Eagle had these like, corner-ish parallels. Levi has kind of like an M shape. Um, Hollister had these parallel curves on the backs of the pockets. And so you knew the girls that were quote unquote fitting in because they had the jeans that had either the Hollister lines or the Abercrombie um, curves. I I just found an article from Duet's blog, so mm-hmm. who knows how reputable that is. But Levi sued Abercrombie in 2009 over the back pocket because really? the designs were too, too similar. But so the I judge wonder, ruled in favor of Abercrombie. They're they're really not similar at all. Mm-hmm. If you look at these two pockets, like I'm about to like put this on our Instagram story for the week is all the jean pockets, <laughs> which would be really funny. But like, and I still I don't obviously make the judgments that I would have back yeah. then, but I still notice it today. And then I've noticed like the men's jeans have them too, but they're a lot less noticeable. Um, but I'll be like, oh, those are Hollister jeans. Oh, those are Miss Me jeans. Oh, those I'm are I'm never going to look at jeans the same way. I've never noticed that. <laughs> Let's, uh... But anyway, the point is like there was a lot of like branded judgment and that's exactly what Abercrombie was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to be the thing that all the cool kids were wearing and the thing that everyone wanted Speak, to aspire to be. Speaking of branded judgment, should we go into uh, what made Abercrombie famous? Should we go into Absolutely. the look? Absolutely. Naked. <laughs> oh, uh, is that do, what you meant? Yeah. Just naked. No, just, <laughs> so the, the, um, the models... Abercrombie were all white, yep, muscular, strong, blonde. Thin. Yeah. Like despite being muscular, hot. they were lean. They were your stereotypical hot people. Mm-hmm. And because of that, too, a lot of the like hot celebrities got their start. I wrote them all down. This is from the White Hot documentary on Netflix. Um, Kellen Lutz, Taylor Swift, Jennifer Lawrence, Channing Tatum. Heidi Klum and January Jones all featured Abercrombie models. God, Taylor Swift must have been young. She was, but In that picture of her too, and they're wearing those yeah, like, they were like 15, long, though. skinny tank tops. They were babies. Yeah. I know. 
It's weird, but... And so they weren't naked. No. (laughs) They didn't go that far. No one was, like, fully naked. Well, there was a couple photos in the documentary. Um, But they were, like... But those kids were 18. Yeah, shirtless in the V, right? I do like one of the male models that they interview in the documentary is like, well, working, being a model for Abercrombie and Fitch gives you this ability to never have shame and taking off your clothes. And I was like, huh. He was like, I'm just used to being asked to take my shirt off. It was totally normal. They would fly them to like exotic locations. Like even for a model, I feel like that's like extreme. Like Brazil, Panama, like Belize. Yep. And they had the like whole, they just say with that image of them playing in the fountains and I just thought it was so funny because at one point one of the corporate women makes a statement in the documentary or formerly corporate women yeah. is like Abercrombie was the kingpin of marketing clothes and immediately my brain went but They're none of the clothes, clothes are they ever, yeah. and none of the advertisements are they ever wearing so, clothes like, and so that that's probably that, true then that's probably because like and it, why it worked yep. i think yes was you thought just by putting on those clothes that you're like i will become like spider-man i'll be like yes I'll like be, i'll look or if you leaner. see someone yeah. wearing the clothes you're like oh they must be hot yeah yeah like, exactly where are all the hot Smart people <laughs> abercrombie and bitch um and that said too let's talk about Let's say it's the 90s or early 2000s, and we are going to the mall. Uh, and there's an Abercrombie there. So yes. everything about the Abercrombie store was intentional. Yeah. From the exterior to the shopping experience. Mm-hmm. When you walked in, all the window they're like all the windows were shutters. Like yep. they had, it was like a cool house. They had like the California shutters. Yep. Um, that, like, that were shuttered all the way. And all you could hear was like, Pop punk rock music and club beats and club beats. And like there was, it was dark mm-hmm. in there, and you could smell it from the other side of the mall. Like yeah. they were like, "What way is Abercrombie? Let me just like, <laughs> yeah." Okay. It was the perfume was so overwhelming, um, yeah. and the music was so overwhelming, and I think that was intentional. I think that it was kind of like a parent and totally. older adult repellent. because again, yeah. parents aren't cool. Yeah, but my mom hated it in there. Oh yeah, it's the music was so it was like a rock concert. It was so loud. It was incredibly loud to the point where like I went back when I was a little bit older and I was like, I hate it here. Why did I ever go in this? Was store? it loud at Abercrombie? I don't because I didn't shop at Abercrombie, but it was like I oh, it was like the Hollister same vibes. Okay, yeah, because they're I owned mean, by the same company, so. right? Which makes a lot of sense, yeah. and also was kind of wild because they're like direct competitors and sell kind of the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Whatever, but is it L Brands that owns yeah. them too? Yep. That, well, it did I don't think they? Yeah, do L Brands owned everything. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was like they talk about like, you know, you can't see inside, but you can see just this big poster. The only thing you can see from the outside of the actual mall is like the big poster of the half naked guy. Yeah. The hot guy. And bright and flashing and that you can hear it and you can smell it and you want to know what's going yeah. on inside there. And yeah. Abercrombie sold basics. They yeah. sold shirts, sweaters, underwear, and jeans. jeans. Yeah. And it was nothing like super special, like no fancy dresses. Like no. it was actually probably like they had one or two dresses a season for women yeah. and it was just like a casual yeah. sundress. And so it was very basic stuff, but you had to know what was yeah. going on in there. Um, and the other thing that I almost forgot about was the like paid models, not only yeah. in the store, oh. but that stood outside mm-hmm. of the Abercrombie mm-hmm. handing you like bags yeah. and flyers. 
Yep, yep. And Which, they were called models. The employees. The employees were called models. Yep. Um, and they were, according to the Netflix documentary, they the management only, they were instructed from corporate only to hire, like, quote, unquote, hot people. Yep. So the same things we've mentioned, like, white Yep. Jack. So the way, but the way they describe it in their corporate handbook is natural American classic, oh, God, in so which they gross. then go on to say things like, and they show you this in the documentary, and this appears and is like represented by people who used to work for the company, and it appears to be like from the hiring manager handbook, and it's like, you know, clean cut hair is acceptable dreadlocks are not acceptable on men or women i.e and the pictures they show Mm -hmm. white guy with a crew cut black guy i mean it's just like blatant without ever saying the word um and so it just makes me want to throw up when they said natural american classic because i was like everyone in america is a natural american classic what are you talking about according to the documentary traditionally traditionally like claire mentioned the models were the stereotypical quote unquote, all American Mm -hmm. white people. And they had to have the cool attitude too. Mm -hmm. So they show an evaluation metric um, where they rate employees from cool to rocks. And if you weren't at least cool, (laughs) you didn't get scheduled. And I was like, I would have never been hired at this store. Like, oh man. I'm trying to find what they called the people that worked in the back because they would divide people between the models in the front who were like modeling the clothes and were doing front of house, like selling the retail. But But then people in the back, like stocking, were called something different. However, they do talk about how they wouldn't even put the people of color that they apparently didn't like or the people that weren't as quote unquote cool. They wouldn't even put them in the stock room. And that was passed down from the higher level corporate that every single person in this organization needed to be quote unquote cool even the people unseen it's crazy yeah um they talk about in the documentary which i granted i worked in i, I didn't work but i like went to hollister and american eagle instead mm-hmm. of abercrombie because it was so expensive mm-hmm. but like they talk about how pretentious the staff were like i don't remember that but i was um, granted i was like eight to twelve so i, I don't <laughs> i mean and when i would go in stores i'm not as conscious of it probably when i was much younger too like you know, people come up when you go in a store and they ask you, like, hey, can I help you oh, find anything? Or, like, hey, how's it going? But they said that the people were supposed to, like, be annoyed that you were there. Like, I thought the Mad TV sketch was, like, hilarious so when they're like, um, Storm, do you have the key to let him in? And they're just, like, showing these dudes doing duck fake faces and their puka shell necklaces. And, oh, the puka shell um, necklaces? They're supposed oh to be like aloof and cooler than you. And if you need help from them, they're supposed to act kind of annoyed. And I was like, that is wild. But again, it fed into the entire marketing ploy that they were going for. And mm-hmm. arguably it worked. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. I, I they, know the feeling of wanting Abercrombie so bad. They said in the documentary, like a quote that someone said that I thought was hilarious. She was like, you could write Abercrombie with dog poop. And it would and sell it for forty bucks, and people would buy it. And I was like, absolutely, that's so that's, true. That's really true. Yep. I um, if you, I wrote this down because the second they talked about the men who stood in front of the store in the jeans, and that's it. All I could think of was, did you ever see the movie Neighbors with Zac yeah, Efron yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that um, 
Seth Rogen, and at the end of the movie, he goes. Seth Rogen's character goes to a mall, and Zac Efron is an Abercrombie model, and he's like, "Hey, oh, man, yeah. what are you doing? Did you graduate?" And he was like, "Yeah, but I got this gig because you know they really wanted me here." I remember there was that episode of that MTV show, Awkward. Oh my where, god! Where like Maddie McKibben, who's like the boyfriend, yep. wasn't was it was a model. Yep. One of my friends in college was like a model for one of the stores whether wow. it was anthropology or abercrombie oh. or like one of them and That's we teased crazy. her relentlessly because we're like, this so is like hilarious because like you're just selling clothes but they call you like a model but you're not like yeah and that was part of the exclusivity too like model. you know the yeah. people in the documentary they talk about like that's where i wanted um, that's what everyone wore. That's what I wanted to wear. That's where I wanted to work because it's where the cool kids worked. And I'm just convinced that everyone there was named Chad and yeah. <laughs> like, or Jessica God. or not. No offense to any Chad and or Jessica Jessica's. listeners, but or but it just feel or Savannah yeah. or like the stereotypical like the names. cool girl names. Yeah. I don't know. So within all that culture that we've talked about with Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. They made some very interesting, terrible choices. Which, which the when they most it, cringe. When they made it, when they mentioned it in the documentary, I had this like weird like flashback, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I remember being so mad at those, even as a little kid. Yep. Those and there was so these what t-shirts. we're talking about is the graphic tees. Yeah. And there's a whole segment gross. of the documentary in this because it is a mess. Yeah. Even the ones like. That we'll mention the ones that they talked about, but then there were ones that they were either really sexually provocative. Oh my God, yeah. Or they were really racist. Like, essentially, like, the sexual ones are the ones I remember the most because it was essentially along the lines of, like, basically saying, hold on to my dick on a yeah, t-shirt yeah. without saying, yeah. hold on to my dick yeah. on a t-shirt. It was bad. And it was, like, marketing to, like, high school oh kids, middle and school like, kids. You know, and you, you wonder why we grew up over-sexualized, but it's fine. But um, that's why we like Spernoitenings. That's right. We were all confused. <laughs> oh, my God. So that um, said, there were some really, really awful stereotypical racial innuendos posted on these shirts that, again, white people wore them. Yeah. And even in the early 2000s, we didn't consider it problematic, which yeah. is awful. I We never bought them. Oh we'll God, say, no! Oh, they were gross. Well, like, I don't. I actually like, don't have like, a memory of them because when I was always in the girls section, they didn't put the innuendos. Oh, but in the in the, in the in the guys, they always had them on. So track I remember the sexual ones, but they they. The, I mean the, the girls stuff. Ones which I don't even they remember. Were really bad. Um, I wrote the two Wongs don't uh, will make it white. Wong brother so cleaning. Bad. Like you've got to be kidding me, Abercrombie. That's and so it just. Bad. But arguably, they show a bunch of clips of like stereotypical Asian, you know, make comedies in America. Yeah. A lot of like those Mickey are. Rooney and, um, but there's one of them is um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which came out in 2007. Yeah. Like yeah. that's late. And we're still having one, a white man do yellow face. Yeah. And two, it's not over. talk bad. Not it over. was horrible. Yeah. And I mean, we know that we have gone essentially nowhere in yeah. terms of fiction. I was shocked by the lady in the documentary who was like, well, we didn't know any better. And I was like, but still, No, no, though, just nobody told you. And like, still, you just... though, like, it doesn't, it looks bad. Yeah. It looks, even as like an eight-year-old, ten-year-old kid, I was like, this is... But I can gross. totally see how people didn't think it would. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm not defending it by any means. I think it's disgusting. And I think it's crazy that in the late 90s and early 2000s, we still had things like this. But I can absolutely see how the class that Abercrombie catered to thought, well, it's just harmless humor. And we, of course, don't think this about Asian people or people from Latin America. Of course not. And yeah. it's like, well, okay, but, but you're, you're part the, of the problem. And it's in all the like the party movies all around you. Like it's in everything. And again, it's the thing the cool people want to be. And yeah. you know, if we know anything about assimilating someone into a mindset, it's little things that don't seem so bad at first leading into really bad, awful things. Yeah. So that is probably the aside from the hiring practices that is the most blatant form of discrimination that abercrombie did that people paid money for um there was one like one more thing that i want to touch on in the documentary mm -hmm. that i thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. was in the early i don't have the exact in the early 2000s there was a case um when a Muslim woman was interviewed for a job at Abercrombie and she was refused because she wore a black hijab. hijab. Yeah. Yep. Um, because not because Abercrombie had a policy that said no employees could wear black. Yep. And but that was what they put on paper. Then she later said, Great, I have a purple one. And they said, whatever headscarf you're wearing is not allowed. We wouldn't allow an employee to wear a baseball cap either. Not the same. Not the so same. So not the same. <laughs> Ooh, oh boy! And the Yankees so, are not a religion. To some people. <laughs> well, mm, but no, obviously that yeah. was a joke. Um, yeah, it looks like she filed her charge with the EEOC in two thousand and eight. Um, um, and then that case went all the way up to the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. And in an eight to one vote, um, they ruled in favor of the um, Abercrombie applicant um, that Abercrombie violated the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Correct. Which is amazing. I'm glad she was able to work that case all the way that there. And there's a quote from her in the um, EEOC.gov article that says, I was a teenager who loved fashion and was very eager to work for Abercrombie and Fitch. Observance of my faith should not have prevented me from getting a job. No. And which, correct, that's super illegal. Yeah. Um, and like, again, she loved fashion. That was the cool yeah. place to be. That's what she wanted to do, yeah. despite, you know, all these other and things that were think, so blatant. You would think like, granted, it's easy for me to say that now. Sure. But you would think, cool, like... Having a Muslim woman come in and work for our brand will get us a wider clientele. Like, you from would a think purely, that would be cool. And so and that's what's so interesting about the exclusivity yeah. of the mindset. I'm like, actually, you make more money the, the more, more people you bring you are. in. Like, yeah. it's just absolutely wild. With last thing I'll say about that case, I thought it was really interesting. I read the um, dissent from Clarence Thomas, who Ooh, was the one judge neat. that dissented against the case. Really? Um, yeah. Granted, I only took two law classes in college. I don't uh, know a lot. And say what you want about <laughs> say what you want about Clarence Thomas. He's uh, and Anita. What he did to Anita Hill is uh, allegedly is um, pretty heinous. But I found this quote very interesting. Very quickly, um, he said, "I would hold that Abercrombie's conduct did not constitute intentional discrimination." 
Abercrombie refused to create an exception to its neutral look policy for the client's religious practice of wearing a headscarf. In doing so, it did not treat religious practices less favorably than similar secular practices, but instead remained neutral with regard to religious practices. What is a secular practice? So a secular... That's not... So... But that's not what the act is about. That's crazy. To be sure, the effects of Abercrombie's neutral look policy, Mm. absent accommodation, fall more harshly on those who wear headscarves as an aspect of their faith, so you should have ruled the other way. But that is a classic case of an alleged disparate impact. It is not... Wow. But that's just crazy that, like, he even basically says, this probably isn't okay. And the law itself says we cannot discriminate based on religious... Practices but, has nothing to do with secular stuff. So I just think the comparison is strange. I, I kind of get it. I'll make this argument. I kind okay. of get it because he said the hiring restriction yeah. was on the color black in the clothing. Yeah. Had like you would say the same thing for like a Christian who came in wearing a black okay. polo. Which, or like a fine. Jew wearing a black yarmulke. Like right. I get the argument. It's not. It doesn't make it right. No, and arguably, but. again, they followed it up with it doesn't matter what color you're wearing. That part just wasn't in writing. Yeah. So yeah. they were very good at doing shady, underhanded. <laughs> oh my things god. To get what they like wanted. Like again, like I was talking about with that hiring handbook, that where it never says you can't hire right. someone of color, mm-hmm. but it shows you the picture on the unacceptable, and it's always a person uh, of color. And I'm like, this is like Nazi Germany. I hate this. Yeah. The cologne was clouding their judgment. That's right. So enough about the terror that is Abercrombie. Not to make light of it or skip over it. because that's just important history that we wanted to share. And it's why the Abercrombie of today is nothing like the Abercrombie of the White Hot documentary. um, And why it's so different. But I think what this really makes me think about in terms of pop culture and nostalgia is MTV mall culture and the cool kids yeah so let's talk a little bit about mall culture oh wow gen z's probably like, what's a mall i mean oh. literally like <laughs> it's not oh. there anymore if you go in a mall now you feel like you've entered some sort of like twilight zone wasteland yeah like the upside down yeah, yeah. like i i don't belong here i guess and people look sad and like they're having but, life sucked out of them but the mall was like the place where you would hang out like, yep. on saturday and in the documentary they show all these like images from tv shows of people mm. going to the mall like that's what you did with your friends and there were the cool stores and, um, you know, you go to Hot Topic if you're feeling edgy. You go to Spencer's if you want to laugh and try to sneak into the 18 and up section. Yeah. Um, like, I wrote down in my notes that you and I were total, like, PacSun American Eagle simps. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that was anyone the, our in, vibe. Anyone who knew me in high school or college yes. just like, yep, Michael War, American Eagle, American Eagle every, every day. day. Every single day. Every day. Yeah. I mean, there was that kind of preppy look to Abercrombie and American Eagle Mm -hmm. and Hollister. And that was like the cool thing at the time. I mean, they make all those jokes. And if you watch the like nostalgia TikToks, like me going to middle school in 2003. With the layered shirts. Three different polos on with different colored colors, like the Argyle socks that were lime green and pink. Oh, man, that was my thing. But I have to. You know, I'm going to put you on blast, Abercrombie. Hollister's polos were way better than Oh, they theirs. were. Well, they were so Abercrombie's were like, you know, the tight, thin, yeah. terrible suction cup. Hi, I had an eating disorder. Can you believe it? Like, <laughs> like that's what it was. But Hollister's were comfy and they were a little bit shorter. They were more cropped and mm-hmm. you looked like you were going to the beach. And my favorite 
outfit, I still remember it and I wish I owned it to this day, was I had khaki American Eagle shorts that were like pretty short, but they were like khaki colored and really soft. And this like muted yellow Hollister polo with the like red bird and like, oh my God, it was yeah chef's kiss my favorite outfit like i had i had like when hollister opened that was like i think you mentioned like you would save up for special occasions Mm -hmm. to buy it for a special occasion and to wear it on a special occasion oh yeah like first day school picture yep like school dances oh yeah you saved your hollister and abercrombie outfits for those as i mentioned like i never bought my own stuff like that yellow pole that was from my friend like that was all hand-me-downs but I was like, these are the outfits I wear when I need to look awesome. Yeah, yeah. There was one Christmas that my cousins and I, who were all older, they were in high school, and I was like the baby. But we all got like the white mm. American Eagle or mm-hmm. Aber- like Abercrombie or like whatever the white jacket, like the zip up. Yep. And the oh red shirt, I mean, with the <laughs> oh red tank top with the red shirt, and we all we have the picture of us where we all were in it in like 2008. That is so right. funny. Yeah, I yeah. I mean that's you saved your outfits. You rationally they talk about that in the the mm-hmm. um, documentary too, where she's like, I wore this shirt every time I wanted to look cool because it said Abercrombie like, Fitch down the sleeve. Like, and a weird memory that I have that I forgot about was that like people would use the Abercrombie bags as like lunch bags. Yes, they also would cover their textbooks in them Ooh, as a teacher, because they were a heavy. See, as a teacher now, that would make me so uncomfortable. Yes, like, you're just like what. <laughs> Yeah, well, I never did it. I never did that. I, I used to print out like t- Twilight memes. Oh yeah, we'll get to that on my... a future episode. Don't even want to talk about. I'm not. I, you asked me about child. that today, and I'm not ready. <laughs> I painted my room red and black. Like I can't. Oh, oh my god! Tell I forgot you about that. About what my life was <laughs> from 2007 until 2010. <laughs> Like, I can't, I can quote those books out of, like, a fugue state Russian operative activation thing. Like, you'll say one thing and I'll be like, the lion fell in love with the lamb. Like, oh my God. things from the book that like, oh, he left a note in my car. Like, I don't. I can't wait I for can't, that. I can't I wait for that episode. We'll do that to celebrate your birthday in October. Twilight. Do you have a trauma? Twilight oh, trauma. I'll be the title of that one. God. But back to Abercrombie. I'm sorry, I've entered no. a, a repressed state of PTSD. But it's okay. Um, yeah, and then when Hollister opened, I think that was a later opening. I don't remember. Yeah, um, they are, um, I think. But that was a game changer. Man, I used to remember. So AE, American Eagle is either 76 or 77. Air Apostles, 86. Because they also, it was yeah, part it, of the logo, so yeah, I learned to memorize yeah. it. Some Someone opened in 77. Uh, founded 2000. That's yeah. crazy. Because it was later. Because then it would start. It like started in California, and then it like goes outward. Which they talk so, about in the documentary yeah. through MTV. The best part about Hollister for me was like they had the beach cam. Do you remember oh that? My God, By the dressing yes. room, you would walk in and you could like stare at that. It was ocean. always like Ocean Beach. Yeah, yeah. It was like a live. It was a. They said it was like a live cam, but I don't think it was because it was always like it was new. probably looping footage. Yeah. But I, I love watching the ocean. That's probably That's what made so me want funny. to go to California. And, well, and the later. Hollister storefront has the little, like, tiki shack yeah. look. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it operated under the same principles as the Abercrombie store, though, with the shuttered windows. Yeah. This one was just navy. Yeah. And 
other blue instead of white and yeah. dark blue or black. And it smelled like cologne. And arguably, the Hollister cologne and the Abercrombie cologne smell strikingly similar, yep. believe it or not. Yep. Um, I, <laughs> I bought the Bath & Body Works Teakwood and Mahogany Car Air Fresheners because it smells like Abercrombie. No. Yeah, and so I would put them in my car and I remember one of my friends in high school was like, oh, did you get new air fresheners? And I'd be like, yeah, it smells like hot guy. <laughs> but arguably if I'd ever run into a dude that smelled that strongly, I'd been like, what is wrong with you? Go like, away. you're gross. Yeah. Like yeah. you're clearly was, a douchebag. It was Ash Body Spray before Ash Body Spray was a thing. That's what that cologne was. Oh my was. God, and yeah. And you would spray it a little bit. Like I remember you could only do it a little, otherwise you- The sample would... pack would last you a very a long, long time. time. Yep, 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 yep. Goodness gracious. Um, we should talk about the music. Oh my God. Um, we talked about how loud it was, but it is pretty similar, like ashamedly, but not ashamedly, because that's our podcast. Yep. It is very similar to our Sparkling Nonsense podcast. There is a playlist. Hol- playlist. This is the podcast. Yes. The playlist is the music. <laughs> that's how music works. But the Hollister playlist is pretty similar to ours, and it's on Spotify as well. I don't remember the one I found. Yellow Card was on there oh, all the time. Favorite. I was supposed so to go to Michael Yellow- and I bonded over the fact Yellow that we card. both loved Yellow Card beyond just Ocean Avenue. Oh, well, it's so much more. A whole discography of, of Yellow Dear Card. Bobby, we should. We should. Okay. Oh, my God. We should do a yellow card episode. We should. No one will listen to it except us. But no. I was supposed to go to a yellow card concert in <gasps> 2017. Oh my but God. Ryan Key, the lead singer, got laryngitis and it was so sad. And then he canceled. Oh and I was no. driving to the airport to go see him. And you were going to fly? I was going to fly yellow, to see yellow card. In California? Obviously. In California? Yeah, I think, or Arizona, nice. probably one of them. But oh my it was, God. Like, that was the, that was, uh, yeah, yellow card was the jam. Well, yeah, we definitely have to do an episode on that because I have so many things I want to talk about. Oh. Um, but yeah, it, and you know, even watching the documentary on Netflix is so funny because every song that comes on, like, is exactly the vibe of Sparkling Nonsense, like Steal My Sunshine, yeah. The Offspring, uh, My Own Worst Enemy, Motion City by Soundtrack. Lit. Motion City Soundtrack, my yeah. God. The and OC just... soundtrack, like when I think of, oh my God. when I think of Sparkling Nonsense and Hollister and Abercrombie, <laughs> I think of the OC, but I don't, think, I don't think I've ever watched the OC, which I think I should for the purposes of this podcast. <laughs> Oh my god! You know what we should also watch is Degrassi because Drake. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I actually oh, no. Degrassi actually gave me like what is it secondhand trauma because those kids were going through some stuff oh, yeah, and they was, were supposed to only was, be like, like six American, years older than me. Like American skins. It was kind of like skins. Yeah. Uh, Same with nine hundred two one zero. They were like and really Gossip a, Girl. a mess. Pretty much everything. Well, the new Gossip Girl too is oh, oh my god, god. mess. I mess know, Messica. <laughs> but it's so good. So that said, that's Abercrombie. Yeah, uh, I'm just like blown away they, at how much was. And because of the racism, court allegations, and cases and things like that, mm-hmm. their business was on a decline for a long time. Yeah. Um, I don't have specific quotes, but again, a lot of the stores have closed. Like mm-hmm. I looked for the purposes of this podcast, I looked around us in mm-hmm. Denver, and there's like one. Yes, yeah, in, in Cherry Creek, Creek, which makes yeah. sense. It is interesting, too, because, I mean, the other thing is, so, I mean, full disclosure, I'm someone who struggled with an eating disorder. I've been, you know, free of that being active for over 14 years now. But um, that said, like, I mean, 
I love wearing Abercrombie when I was super anorexic and like the body image that mm -hmm. it caused people. I mean, all the clothes were tight. Like you, they talk about it in the documentary too. Like if you wanted an actual woman's extra large, it didn't exist there. Like it was crazy. And now they've started, if you look at their current ads, it's like all bodies, all types, which I'm, you know, good. I'm glad you're doing that, but like, come on. Too little, too late. At this point, let American Eagle, let Aerie do that. Let all the other brands do that. Yeah. that were not so blatantly the other way so long ago yeah. just close your doors we're done with yeah. you you had your time well i think they they're trying to do a lot of bat bat and then and that's what it all is and like their sure the website is all people of color and all people uh, in various body types yeah. and i'm just like okay great it's just one of the most like so you know white man says sorry situations i've ever seen which is fine i actually we were just in seattle and i saw an abercrombie and fitch like in their shopping district and i went abercrombie and i was like what i was like you know the store (laughs) i just like now i just want to like go into one i I don't want to buy anything probably smells the same probably smells the same it seeped into the walls like because yep. I know American Eagle posts a lot too. Yeah. And I, I know their whole style is completely different in America. Like, well, I'm, and so is PacSun, and I'm mm-hmm. really mad. <laughs> the Kardashians took over PacSun. The, the, I don't even know what to say about the Kardashians, but PacSun used to be like for the coolest skater pop punk people well, like us. And that's where I got my first pair of skinny jeans and yep. my flannels and my yep. oh, the Santa Cruz were the shirts. Which, like, now the vibe that I expect from Paxson is at, like, Tilly's. Yeah. And that's great. But, like, when I go into Paxson, it's, like, fake Gucci-looking nonsense. And I'm, like, this is and not what When Paxson you and I go into Tilly's, I feel old. Because yeah, I... because everyone in Tilly's is 13. Yeah. So I don't feel good in Tilly's and I can't wear any of the women's clothes because they're meant for like, you know, teen bodies and not me. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll buy the men's surfing shirts and call it a day. But American, American Eagle stuff has evolved. I still have some American Eagle stuff. It's, oh, I, I do like too. It. It's really comfortable. Their stuff is super comfy now. Mm-hmm. A bunch of my favorite shirts and sweaters are still from there. So, so I'm happy with them. But yeah, I mean, Abercrombie and Fitch was just a waspy... Preppy. Sparkle, a moment in, a sparkle in time. A sparkle in time and that quickly devolved into nonsense. nonsense. And is now trying to scrape its way back to the sparkle. Did, we In closing, we didn't talk about the song. Yes. So I was saving that because our, one of our last segments uh-huh. is the song of the week. Ah, so I yes. mean, again, Abercrombie was in popular culture. I did think it was really interesting. One more thing about the documentary is one of the marketing guys talks about how he knew Abercrombie had a problem because he was really into comic books and he watched his newest Spider-Man movie uh, and the, the bully one, the that beat one. up Tobey Maguire's mm-hmm. Peter Parker was decked out in Abercrombie. And, and he said to himself, oh no, we have a problem when the douchebag and that's the that that clip reminded me because like yep. I thought about other things like the OC, yep. um, One Tree Hill, yep. Veronica Mars, oh my God. Logan and Veronica well, Mars always wore Outer Crombie. Mean Girls. They all the villains or like the mm-hmm. the darker characters. Mm-hmm. Like all wore Abercrombie. It's so interesting. Or like the vibe of Abercrombie. Yeah. And like exactly what Abercrombie style was supposed to be. And I just thought that was so interesting that, you know, he was a high level marketer for them and was really excited and then he was like oh no i'm oh, seeing it God. and then it really popped off and just yeah. got um 
Yeah, it's the vibe of a spiky-haired man in a puka shell necklace. Pink polo plaid shorts. Pink polo plaid shorts. Oh, man. I'm going to have to... I'm going to put up that picture that I sent you. I sent Michael a picture of me in my full Abercrombie outfit that I would save for special occasions. And it was like these plaid board shorts and a white hoodie, which that said Abercrombie in giant letters across the front. It'll be hilarious if my friend ever sees this because she'll be like, I gave you those clothes. Oh my God. Um, But yeah, I mean, those looks there, they were the iconic look and just apparently a nightmare. So that said, yeah, song of the week. You remember LFO? <laughs> because I do for whatever reason, and I don't know why, but LFO had a song called Summer Girls. And if you watch the documentary or you're going to, they're going to do a whole section on this because it's when Mike Jeffries was like, I did it. Because in the song, he says, I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch. And then the, uh... every single chorus at the end of it, he goes, when I met you, I said, my name's Rich. You look like a girl from Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh, because those were the summer girls. Those were the hot girls. Those were the girls we wanted. And that was where he was like, I did it. I built the brand that I wanted. Which I'm like, if a dude ever came up to me and said, yo, I'm rich. You look like a girl from Abercrombie and Fitch. I'd be like, get out of my face. That's, that's not you how, are I, a nightmare. That's not how but, you got with Rory. Rory didn't um, come up to you and like, you look like the Abercrombie and Fitch girl. If he, he girl. did that, I would have been like, do I need to go to the hospital? Like, <laughs> am I like doing cocaine? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, arguably, you know, the nightmare of that for me too, though, is probably, I think that song came out in 2003. Hold on. I do think, oh, 1999. Yeah. Perfect timing. I do think when I was younger in an elementary school and that was supposed to be the thing, if a dude was like, you look like an Abercrombie and Fitch girl, I would have been like, Perfect. I did it. I fit the image of the time. Oh my God. Oh my God. And now that song is stuck in my head for the rest of my life, which I don't know. It's how I feel about it. It's, it's good. It's a but the thing is, it's sparkling nonsense. Yeah. It's right along that vibe. Like, same with like Steal My Sunshine and Motion City yeah. soundtrack. I'm like, yay, the 90s. You can find that song on our playlist. It, the playlist is really long. We should probably condense it. But you should if you take all in... of the Christmas music off of it because every well, what time. What about a Christmas episode, Claire? We should have a sparkling Christmas playlist. Like, I'm not. Oh, when do. I'm driving cool. in the car or exercising, because, you know, they're all pops and they're good and all of a sudden it's leona lewis's winter wonderland or the glee cast version of all i want for christmas is you which are sparkling nonsense or the best was i'm trying to do a cycle workout and it was ariana grande's santa baby and i was like i will take out the christmas music for you we have a um we have a christmas edition draft playlist which we will not reveal until december but if you listen until then You'll find out about it. That's right. It's pretty great. We do have Uh, it. So, but um, should we go on to our uh, traditional closing segments? Sad as vanilla. So, as we were in fire, can't you tell? Um, But so, sad as vanilla (laughs) is a really great Jess Glenn song. It's on the playlist. It's what started the playlist. We um, talked about t- it in the last episode. So, if you want to know more, go listen to it. But um, in sad as vanilla, we talk about our. The dessert. cake portion, the dessert portion. Um, so today, Claire, what are we, uh, what are we deserting? Well, it's June, so we got to talk about rainbow cake, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'm sorry, but the other, I know I did a King Supers things last week, but the King Supers rainbow cake slices are 
are good. Did you just like get one for yourself? Oh yeah, <laughs> I did it last year too. Pride Month tradition. <laughs> rainbow cake is delicious. So if you don't know what rainbow cake is, it's like seven layers of white cake all in the Roy G. Bibb colors. <laughs> and it's fabulous. Uh, um, didn't you have something that you sent me this week? Because my only thing that I had to say was rainbow cake. I oh. did try to make a rainbow cake once, which and this is total right. sparkling nonsense. Mm -hmm. Because do you remember? Okay, so infomercials were a really big thing when we were kids. And yeah. they're like as seen on TV yeah. products. Um, the dome cake, mm -hmm. it made like spherical cake. Wow. I can't talk about this. And it included a recipe to make a spherical cake that was like a rainbow planet and you oh, cut into it fine. it came out brown and so bad and all the colors mixed together and it was the saddest pride in the world saddest we had rainbow cake growing up because my mom had a colleague who um had a rainbow cake recipe rainbow and we cake. would make like, like it took all day but my mom would make like layers you had to and then, seven layers like, of cake so good and it was so moist and it was delicious so. white cake is just a, a classic fan of, big fan of rainbow cake love rainbow cake happy pride everybody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um didn't you send me something though about baked things yes um Probably, but we can. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna stick with rainbow cake then. You're welcome. Yeah. So, song of the week, LFOs, Summer Girls, Treat of the Week, Happy Pride, Rainbow Cake. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, I did an addendum last week because I said it wrong in the in episode. On Instagram, we're at Sparkling Nonsense Pod which is also our email address. If you ever want to send us an email or have a write-in, it's sparklingnonsensepod at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are sparkling without the A, non-pod. So S-P-R-K-L-I-N-G-N-O-N-P-O-D, which is the most amount of plosives to spell out loud, but here we are. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, um, come find us there. And thank you so much. Michael, anything else? We forgot to do one more thing. Oh. What was your sparkling nonsense of the week? Oh, my God. My... I need you to go first okay. because I forgot mine. So <laughs> mine worst. was I this week I went and saw the um, tour of Moulin Rouge oh musical. Oh my god! Um, which we should do a Moulin Rouge episode. Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of the movie for whatever reason. Nicole Kidman is like not my vibe. Eh. Throw something at me. I said eh. vibe. She's not my vibe. No offense, <laughs> Nicole. Uh, but the musical was amazing. It floored me. Like I was blown really? away. Like five out of five, top ten, amazing. And what made it was amazing was they used like all sorts of pop songs and songs from our playlists. Yes. Um, and it was Fun. modern. It wasn't like from the 2001 movie. It was like modern. So they That's had like cool. Lady Gaga. They had Beyonce. They had. That's like um, perfect for Milan Rouge. Yeah. I um, love that. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson, Avril They had like all sorts oh. of really cool things in there. And the dancing was incredible. The cast was incredible. It was, They didn't miss a beat. It was like um, unbelievable. So if you get to see Milan Rouge on tour, highly, highly, highly yeah. recommend it. That sounds amazing. Oh, my my sparkling nonsense is that Britney Spears got married. Oh, Duh. We have to go. I mean, I obviously we're gonna do yet, a whole Britney thing. Yeah. Eventually. But I mean, congrats, Britney Spears. Yeah, you deserve you all it. of your happiness. Yep. And we can't say enough. Mom and Jamie Lynn were not invited. Fun fact. Good, good. Like, I'm glad she yeah. didn't. Set your boundaries. Enjoy your bliss, girl, with your new hubby. Their little yeah. videos are so cute. As a dancer, I love seeing her just like freestyling in her beautiful yeah. home my god they had the wedding at the house and oh, cool. it's just 
gorgeous. Perfect. So obviously big shout out and congrats to, you know, friend of the podcast by degrees of separation, Britney Spears. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Cool. She lived a thousand notes for a while. That was where I went See, to school. See, there you Probably go. saw her See, at the mall once or twice. Just saying. Hey, Brittany, I mean, just friend in spirit. Yeah. Because, I mean, she yeah. is like the entire vibe. Yeah. One day when we do the podcast, I'm going to have to tell you about the, talk more about the dance production I saw of all of oh Britney's and shout out and a wonderful Denver dance company. They're turning her into a musical, not her, the person, they but they're doing it. It's called like Once Upon a... Is it called Lucky? No, <laughs> it's, only, it's called like Once Upon a Fairy Tale or something. Oh my God. It's like, it's apparently it might be struggling in, in previews right now though, because it was really? supposed to go to Broadway this year, but it's it got like, watched oh. in the following year, so who knows what's going on, but that'll be sparkling nonsense. Well, damn. I mean, she definitely relates to Moulin Rouge too, so that's perfect. Uh, what's up next week? Um, next week, we are going to take a deep dive into our playlist and talk about now that's what I call music. Oh my God. I, the first time I ever felt old was when I realized what number of now that's what I call music we were on at the current day. Oh I God. don't even know what it is There'll right now. There'll probably don't be a tell new me. one by next week. Don't tweet at me. No. I don't want to know, but I remember when the original came out. Yeah. And that's what I have to say about that. We're going to so. dive in. And also, if you, uh, for our listeners, if you follow us on social media, um, if there's a topic that you want us to cover, let oh us know. Oh my gosh, yeah. That'd be fun. And we'll definitely give you a shout out if you follow Ooh. or write in. Like, we'd love to do that. And thank you so much for supporting us and stay sparkling. Right. Stay sparkling, everybody. Sparkle on. All right. That's enough out of me. Bye. Bye.